Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Hearts. Oh, I'm so excited about today. I have a very special guest with me, Margot Nelson, and she is a friend, a new friend, relatively speaking, in the last six months. Thank you, Jesus, for social media introducing us <laughs> and, <laughs> and a fellow friend as well. Yeah, I, I am just so thankful to know you already in these six months. And I, I couldn't think of a better person to come on the show to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is dream interpretation. So, oh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Those words are just like honey to my soul. And I couldn't agree more. Just like a, a God ordained friendship. Totally. So, yeah. so happy to be here. Thanks for the honor. Yes. So Margot is a fellow podcaster. She launched her podcast this year and you guys, it is so amazing. It has fed me in a way that I have really wanted somebody who was kingdom anchored <laughs> and was able to talk about dreams in a way that so beautifully explains dreams that I had never heard and yeah, really makes it tangible for somebody who is wanting to step into exploring the way that dreams are used by God. And yeah, I, I would love for you to just dive right in Okay, and tell them about your podcast and, and also what you do as well, as far as coaching, because you are a fellow coach that's phenomenal as well. So yeah, tell them a little bit about yourself. I love it. I love that you just use the language dive in because that is so appropriate <laughs> to kind of how I roll. The name of the podcast is Breathing Underwater. And it really, that name came about because I would have so many dreams where I was at the bottom of the ocean or I was in some huge body of water and mm -hmm. I could breathe. It would be kind of a, a moment of, oh, this is scary. Can I breathe? And then I would realize, oh, I'm breathing and I'm just exploring down here. And in asking God about that, he just was showing me who I am. He's like, yes, you actually know how to breathe underwater. You get to stay in the deep, mysterious things of God. Go into this realm of learning my voice in new ways and dreams and pictures and visions and all of that. And you're actually called to bring other people into that deep end too. So that's why I named the podcast Breathing Underwater. So diving in is a really good image. Thank you for using that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I have been a dreamer. Night dreams is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Having night dreams pretty much all my life, but it wasn't until about 14 years ago that I realized it was actually God communication coming through those dreams. And I think most of us have had dreams where you can sense, oh, that's significant. Like that one's sticking with me. I wonder what that means. You know, we might kind of joke about it, but most of the time we just put it off to the side because we don't know, A, that God speaks through dreams or that we have permission to even really take it seriously. And then we don't have the tools to really know God's voice in that realm. And how does he speak? Because it's a really different language of God. It's very metaphorical and image oriented and all of that. So once I started to dig into that in my own dreams and realized how much revelation I was receiving and how rich it was to hear his voice and hear him speaking into questions I'd been asking or things I'd been praying about or giving me 
promises about the future or, or guiding me. Once I realized that was happening in my dreams, I thought, this is crazy. This is this untapped treasure trove, essentially, that I've been sitting on my whole life without really knowing that this communication was in here. This People have to know about this. People just have to know about this. So I started the journey of really learning interpretation and started to equip people in it here and there. And it wasn't until this year that God gave me the green light to say, you know, it's time for this to be more widely spread. It's time to talk about this more, especially in the space of media and podcasting. Just, you know, if you go out there to to Google dream interpretation in any way, shape or form, you're, you're probably not going to get a spirit-filled <laughs> Christian perspective immediately, right? Right. So just knowing, let's bring this back, let's bring this into the space and let's declare it as sacred and holy again. That's what I'm about in the world right now, Margo. So let's do this together. So that's how the whole thing started. And then just naturally over the years with coaching, I've done a lot of just like spiritual life coaching and heart coaching and all that jazz. The dream coaching has just really naturally transitioned, helping people discern God's language in their dreams, what he's speaking about the now. Maybe it's healing or something he's doing in their heart, or maybe it's directional and how to then make that really practical to actually, how do I apply this? How do I walk out the fulfillment of this dream? So that's a lot of what my coaching looks like now. I think it's such a cool area. It's Uh such a cool area because I think, like you said, there's such a need of like, yeah, we can start to interpret these dreams, but how do we now implement it into our lives? And yeah. Oh, so cool. I love it. Thanks, Chris. Okay. So we have, let's start at baseline because we have the gamut of, of people listening who some may be dipping their toe in the water of what is this? What does this look like that God actually Mm -hmm. speaks through my dreams? It's not what I ate. It's not, it's not like weird things that I'm processing. And then there are people that maybe that experience of, okay, that dream was significant, but I have no idea how to unpack it. I would love for you, cause you explain it so well hmm. in your episode. I think it was episode two, the metaphor, yeah. um, cause I, that like changed my whole understanding of like, oh my gosh, it's, <laughs> it's <a> pivoting. <laughs> so if you can explain that, that would be so helpful. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, really that is a game changer. Mm-hmm. That is a game changer. And, and what she's talking about is is the fact that our dreams are primarily symbolic in nature. Because the imagery can be so vivid and oftentimes people that we know will show up in our dreams, it's so easy for us to take them really literally. And that can be really disheartening because, you know, it's weird stuff that we see and experience. Like, <laughs> why was that rhinoceros? Like, why did why was he wearing a tutu? That doesn't make any sense. You know, all this weird stuff. <laughs> But when we start to recognize like, no, 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 symbolism, symbolism, even those people in your dream that you knew might not actually be speaking to them in in the natural, but who do they represent or something they represent. And once we put on that, that metaphorical brain and learn symbolism brain and learn really God's language in this, it is a total game changer. And I think it makes it a little bit more approachable for people because something that scares us sometimes is that things feel really literal oh, that bad thing that just happened in my dream, like, is that actually going to happen? But it actually might just be God speaking and showing you something in your heart that you're afraid of, Mm -hmm. right? It might not be literal in that way. Sometimes there are literal dreams, but 
definitely going into symbolism is a game changer. And really what that means is just things in your dream might actually represent something else. Colors can mean things. Names of people in your dreams might not be that person. Like I said, it might represent someone else or the the meaning of their name mm. might be a hint to what God is speaking in your dream. Places can be metaphorical. So much is metaphor that just keeping that in mind is, yeah, really going to turn it on its end and, and start to get us more on the track of the way God speaks. Because if we look at scripture, I mean, he is... Jesus taught primarily in parables. I mean, scripture says that and that the disciples were often really confused. Like mm -hmm. he had to pull them aside and explain to them a lot. Yeah. And he didn't seem too bothered to, you know, he wasn't saying at the beginning, okay, I'm about to, I'm about to give you some parables. So just hold on. He would just go for it, assuming they would get it right. And then later <laughs> they're like, what did you mean by that? <laughs> so I have a question. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I would have so many questions. Okay, so what did you mean by <laughs> that whole thing? And he would teach them. So picture stories and riddles and symbolism is absolutely how Jesus taught. But then if we look through any of the the dreamers through scripture, their dreams were all all really symbolic and metaphorical as well. I mean, if if even if we're looking at, oh, let me just speak to this really quickly. Joseph is one of my favorite dreamers in the Bible. He wasn't even one of the first dreamers. I mean, Noah had a dream. Jacob had a dream. There are other dreamers in there. Solomon had a dream when he asked for wisdom. But Joseph, you know, even as a child had these two really profound dreams. And one was where the wheat was, the tares of wheat were bowing down, right? And there was another one where the, the sun and the moon and the stars were bowing down to him. And he shared both of those dreams with his family, which of course caused some problems, but those were metaphor. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, the wheat is actually literally going to bow and in the natural yeah. and that's going to say something. When he brought both of those dreams to his family, they had immediate interpretation because the Hebrew culture, especially back then, was so story oriented. That's actually how they passed on legacy was through story, right? So they already knew that God really valued stories and imagery. And they obviously had a value for dreams because as soon as he brought those dreams to them, they knew it was weighty and they knew what it meant. So especially the Hebrew mindset, even the Hebrew alphabet, all the, the letters are really symbolic. There's so much symbolism in it that in our, you know, Western culture, left brain, Greek mindset, if you will, we have to adjust to, oh no, this is actually how God speaks and how he's always been speaking. It's not actually weird. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just like you would with anyone you're intimate with, you, you learn their language. You learn the way they speak. You learn their little intonations. And it's the same with God. As we grow in intimacy and relationship with him, he wants to invite us into his language. Mm. He so often meets us where we are, right? Of course. But he also is like, come and, come and learn my language. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I know it's so, so beautiful and so much like it's, it's almost like a, like a veil gets lifted when Absolutely. you step into that mindset of like, Whoa, there's so much more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. So I know that some, some listeners, I bet every listener is thinking of, well, what about that common dream? of there's those common metaphors over and over again. I would love to pick your brain on those. Yes. Because <laughs> sure. I feel like that, that's probably somebody's asking, what about how come I dream that I'm naked? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Oh man, <laughs> that's a on good that. one. Okay. You want me to talk about a couple of the common dreams yes. and yes. symbols? Okay. That come up. Great. Great. And I do actually, now that I'm thinking about it, want to go back to that. Is it just what I ate? Yes. Question two. So I'll talk about the common dreams and then I'll, and then I'll go to that question. Cause I okay. think there's something really important about that. Okay. So there are actually a lot of common dreams. You'd be surprised. I think lots of us have had a naked dream at some point in our life or even partially naked, right? You're yep. somewhere in public and thinking, oh gosh, or we'll have bathroom dreams. Like I'm looking for a bathroom in public. I need to go to the bathroom. And then there's no doors on the stall or, you know, whatever it is. Or a really common one too, is the teeth being loose or teeth falling out. Those kinds of things. People, a lot of people dream about flying. Mm -hmm. A lot of people dream about snakes. That's actually a really common one too. So just to, I'll, I'll grab a couple of those, the naked dream. I mean, who wants to have a naked dream? It feels very uncomfortable in the moment, <laughs> but I also think that's a part of our shame culture that we need to push past too, because nakedness is not bad or wrong. We have no need to be ashamed of our bodies, mm -hmm. but I also understand like we're not going out in public and standing at, <laughs> you know, a four-way stop and wanting right. everybody to see that, but it's actually a really beautiful interpretation because the more we know God, the more we know he is so not religious in any way. Mm -hmm. And he will use imagery that might offend us a little bit to get our attention. And he shows us what's at the heart of things. And even, you know, I'm thinking of, I think it's the Sermon on the Mount where he starts to talk about, you know, you've heard don't murder, right? But I say, if you even have anger in your heart towards your brother, that's murder. Or you say, you know, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at a woman with lust, like you've committed adultery, those are hard things to hear. But with those pictures, he was showing, hey, this is actually how I see that thing where it felt like, well, obviously I'm not killing someone, but he's like, but I'm looking at the heart and this is actually what's, what's in there. So mm -hmm. he has a way of using imagery that might seem intense to us, but showing us what it really means to him. Mm -hmm. So even the naked thing can feel a little bit like, did you need to do it that way? Cause I feel so weird and ashamed, but what he's talking about is transparency mm. and living in vulnerability. So if you're having a dream that you're standing naked in front of your work colleagues, giving a presentation or something, mm -hmm. God isn't trying to shame you. He's actually saying you will actually benefit and the people around you will benefit from you being transparent in your presentation and you actually being vulnerable and sharing your heart and your process with them. That might not be what you would normally do, but God's inviting you into living more authentically and more vulnerably because who doesn't love a person that's real and vulnerable? Like you don't need someone to put on some kind of act. Like they've got it all together. That's not helping mm -hmm. you feel more connected. You feel more permission, like the leadership in my life when they're just preaching and teaching vulnerably, that is the most powerful thing you can do. So if you're having naked dreams, God's probably talking about transparency in a certain area of your life. So look at the context. Where are you? Who are you around? Because that will speak to that area too. Okay. Do you want me to do one more? Or you want me to be done with that? No, I'd love to hear the, let's do you have one in bathroom. particular. Yeah. Bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bathroom dreams are so common and we, no pun intended, flush those <laughs> often <laughs> thinking that they're nothing because, okay, I was just going to the bathroom. I was probably, maybe I needed to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. But I would say often, no, that is not what it is. They're very common dreams. And if we're going to put on our metaphor hat, right, we're going to put on our symbolism hat. Let's think about what a bathroom is. Let's think about what happens in the yeah. bathroom. It's a place where we 
go for cleansing, right? It's a place where we go to actually release toxins. Mm. So this is what God's speaking about, but in the spirit, in the spiritual side. So if you're having a bathroom dream, God is speaking about some sort of spiritual or emotional cleansing. If you're going to the bathroom, like you're using a toilet, then this is something internally, some toxins that need to be released. That might be emotional pain. That might be something you're currently going through or even something from the past, Mm. but there is a healing process and a cleansing he's bringing you through. Mm. If it's focused on washing your hands or taking a shower, that's external, right? So that's probably not something inside that needs to come out, but it's speaking more to being cleansed from stuff going on around you or just the residue of living in the world, right? Mm. I actually recently had one about washing my hands and God was very clear. I kept trying to go wash my hands and I couldn't because there were these bees that would come and try to sting me and it would keep me from from the sink. And so when I was sitting with him about it, he's like, you know, there's this issue that you're feeling and that you're around in life, which was true. I was in a kind of an intense situation. And he's like, I want you to actually wash your hands of that whole thing. I want that to be, it's not your responsibility. It's not for you to carry actually at all. I need you to wash your hands of it. Mm -hmm. But I kept having these accusations that like I needed to do something or I'm not being responsible if I don't, you know, X, Y, or Z, or shouldn't I be involved in some way, which were those bees, these little accusations that was keeping me from actually washing my hands of something that wasn't mine to touch or hold at all. Mm. And so that simple dream, God just showed me, no, no this isn't yours. We're going to wash our hands. And I was able to hand it over to him and move on. So bathroom dreams are actually really powerful. And I would just, if you're having those kind of dreams, ask God, okay, what is the cleansing I'm going through right now? Just so we know how to partner with him. Mm -hmm. If you're having dreams about going to the bathroom in public, this happens often too, where it's, you know, there's no walls on the stall and I have to go and I'm holding it because I can't or whatever that is. This is kind of like the naked dream in the way of, well, maybe God's actually inviting you to be more transparent about your healing journey because mm. that actually begets permission for other people to heal wow. and not just like, I have to wait until I'm perfect to show myself, but Ooh. in the process, I know that's a good one. That's a good word. <laughs> the good word right there. Yes. Wow. Yep. Okay. Oh man. So much see there. How that's such a game changer. If you're just having dreams about being naked or in the bathroom, you think they're literal, you mm-hmm. just toss those out. Yeah. But it's an invitation into relationship in the current moment of what God is doing in your life and what he's speaking to you. It's like, it's completely so valuable yeah. and so holy and so worthy of sitting with, but we just don't know until we know. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. Let's do one more. Okay. Because I know you're passionate about this one. <laughs> so being pregnant or I am passionate. <laughs> yes. So that one, I know for me, we have talked about that of, I had a dream where I was pregnant. So I, and I know many others have had that dream too, where mm-hmm. it's not literal. <laughs> you know, it's not literal. <laughs> most of the time, I should say most of the time, you never know. It's true. But, most uh, of the time. Yeah. Yes. That's a really common one. And you know what? Men can even have dreams about being pregnant, which you can imagine. They probably don't talk about that very often, but I know they do have them. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably so weirded out. They're like, I don't even want to share this dream. (laughs) But it's really, again, symbolism. We have to just remember that all the time because what would a baby represent? Or what what would carrying something, nurturing it, preparing it to birth, that is speaking of a promise of God Mm -hmm. or maybe a new idea or a new ministry or something that God has seeded 
in us that he is entrusting us with that we're going to bring to birth with him. So Mm -hmm. depending on the context of the dream, that could mean all kinds of things. But I had actually just interpreted a dream for a gal recently who kept having these dreams about being pregnant and was a little alarmed because she actually thought it was literal. Mm. I was like, is God telling me I need to have another baby? You know, and I'm like, I think you're okay. I think you're okay. (laughs) I mean, obviously always ask him because that could be a part of it too. But I think you're okay. I said, in your dream, how far along were you? And she was probably like close to giving birth, eight or nine months. Okay. And I said, is there anything in the last eight to nine months or year? It's not always that precise, but close that that's that's new or something that God has been doing in you. And she's like, oh yeah, I just, I just started this new role that I've been in this long. And so we knew that God was showing about this, this new thing that he was birthing through her in her birthplace, that it was actually a calling thing. It was actually seeded oh. by God. It wasn't just a new role. Like she was actually in there in a divine purpose to birth something with God in that place. And it just changed the whole thing for her, obviously. Wow. That's- yeah. So cool. I, it's so like, cool. A, I just heard a good friend of mine. She might listen to the show too. I hope she does because I told her <laughs> I was interviewing you. She was telling her Instagram audience because she's been learning about dream interpretation. Mm. And she was like, it's like Christmas every morning. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most. Yes, that's so true. Yes. (laughs) Oh, what did I dream about? (laughs) Exactly. It's so beautiful. And as we start to really honor that and and treasure it and start to record our dreams, I don't know if you've experienced this, but God grows them. He gives you more. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like spiritual laws and parable of the talents and sowing and reaping. Like the more you sow into something and value it, the more you're going to reap. Yeah. It's that way. It's totally like Christmas. <laughs> it really is. Okay. So where you said you wanted to go back to the oh. comment about, is it the food that I'm eating? Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to speak to that really quickly because I think what I am learning and what God has really impressed on my heart is that he is so pursuant of our hearts. And you know this, Mm-hmm. He is the ultimate pursuer. We only love him because he first loved us. We can't even love him without his love. Mm-hmm. Anytime we think we're seeking after God, he's already sought after us to seek after him. You know, he's just so good at that. And he's really sovereign in every area that when we've given our lives to him, we need to really take him seriously. Like, okay, if I've given my life to you, then I'm, I believe that you're, you're taking on every part of my life. And He's such a communicator. I mean, one of his names is the word of God for crying out loud. He spoke the world into being like, he is a communicator at heart. That is who he is. Mm -hmm. That I just have a really hard time being, giving credit for anything to, to something like, yeah, to something like pizza. Now I'm not saying there aren't physiological experiences that we have in our dreams that might play out, but God is sovereign over all of those. And he's watching over us in our sleep that he speaks through the experiences we have every day because it's like readily available content. So let's say you watched a movie last night and it was Lord of the Rings. And then you had a dream that night about some characters from Lord of the Rings. We would be like, oh, my brain is just processing but God is sovereign over your brain. He made your mind. He's mm-hmm. also the great pursuer. What if we actually gave honor to God and curiosity and said, or you're using what I was looking at last night to speak to me because you want to speak to me like that. And I have found, I'm not kidding, with every single dream, 
that I have done that with, instead of giving some sort of credit to, you know, our, our, our rational fleshly mind is so doubt ridden. It's so doubt ridden that we have to press through that. I think in so many areas of our life, our immediate idea of things is like, oh, that couldn't have been God. That probably wasn't. It was probably just, but when we really push past that and go, no, no, I'm going to apply faith. We will find that God is in everything. He's around us. He's always with us. He's speaking through everything. So those days of going, oh, I think I just dreamt that because I just watched that movie. Or I think I just dreamt that because I ate that food. To me, those days are gone. And it's actually paying due honor to who God is to actually say, no, I think you might even be in this one. Show me what you're saying, even through this dream. And I make this, I make this statement on my podcast and I really believe it. I think we will find him in every single dream, even the ones that feel scary, even the ones that feel demonic, even the ones that feel super kooky. When we go to him, I think he's going to show us where he is in that. I think he's (laughs) in it all. Wow. So thank you for letting me say that. It just feels like I'm, I'm putting a stake in the ground with this and pushing back on some old ways of thinking Uh that aren't very kingdom ways of thinking. So I just needed to say that out loud. (laughs) No, I'm so glad you did because that, I I mean, if I'm honest, that's how I kind of, I look at my dreams and I'm like, well, is that soul dream? Is that kingdom dream? Is that demonic? And it is really interesting to switch that filter. Yeah. I love what you said of giving him due honor that he can speak through it all. So actually I would love to hit on nightmares and that the, the, like with kids, with ourselves Mm -hmm. and how do you unpack that in a way that you see what he's speaking through that? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question because I think a lot of people have nightmares especially people who have a particular gifting to to communicate with God in a visual way, or I don't know if you've ever heard the term seers, but people who are, are more prophetic and have a seeing gift, which basically means you can see in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes kids, because they're so innocent, you know, they already, they don't have all the doubt filters up, yes. but they see in the spirit very naturally and very easily. So I'll speak to that one quickly. Oftentimes children will have more nightmares because they're more susceptible to seeing what's going on and just haven't put up all those guards yet. So I think it's a part of our job as adults and as parents to teach them about the spirit realm and to teach them where to put guards up and how to communicate with Jesus themselves, mm-hmm. especially if a child has an extra sensitivity or a seeing gift. I know a lot of kids will be like, there's a monster under my bed. Well, where do you think that came from? Mm. They're probably seeing something demonic in their room. Mm. You know, enough kids through the years have said like, there's a monster in the closet. Like, no, they're actually tapping into something and we need to stop minimizing that and saying, oh, that's nothing. You're fine. You know, which would ha- what happened to me as a kid. Like, no, that's not really happening. We're okay. Cause they wanted to comfort me. And I get that, mm-hmm. but we're also not helping them in any way by negating what's actually going on. And we're not giving them any tools to feel empowered and have authority. And what Jesus has done is he's given us authority. Mm-hmm. He's given us authority in the spirit realm. So what I would say, especially with kids is to talk with them about it. What are they seeing? And then actually sit with them and say, let's ask Let's ask Jesus, let's invite the Holy Spirit into this and ask him to show us where was he when you had that dream? Mm. Let him show you where he was in that dream. Yeah. And 10 times out of 10, Jesus will show him, show Mm. him or her 10 times out of 10. He is so faithful. Yeah. He's so faithful to do it. 
And oftentimes our adult minds are like, well, what if Jesus doesn't show them? But he does. Mm-hmm. And those kiddos learn to find Jesus and the presence of God in those moments, whether it's in a dream or it's in the natural, they're seeing something. We're teaching them, okay, there is a demonic realm. There is a realm that's dark, but God's realm is is more powerful and it's brighter. And let's ask him where he is and what he's doing. Jesus, what are you going to do about that monster under my bed? And then you'll see Jesus flick him or pull him <laughs> out and throw him out the window or right. all kinds of stuff. It's so fun to, to hear what God shows them about what he's doing. And they're, they're learning to connect with God first and foremost. They're learning that their seeing gift isn't bad and they can see other things other than just that realm. Yep. And then I would really just keep praying over your kids for protection, that there would be a firewall of protection in those areas and teach them to pray that too. Mm-hmm. And if they keep seeing something, you can teach them to say, hey, monster under my bed, get out of here in Jesus name. Yeah. In Jesus name, get out. Because we have that authority and teaching them is only going to empower them even at a young age. Yes. I would say even adults that are having nightmares, it could have to do with that gifting as well. Having that gifting This could also speak to spiritual doors being open, if you will, where maybe at some point in your life, we had a a wall of protection breakdown somewhere. So if you were unexpectedly exposed to pornography as a kid, which happens, and it's it's awful how kids can come across this now, Mm -hmm. and that was really invasive, and it kind of opened a door in the spirit. Now there's access to that in their visual imagination, Mm -hmm. and they're having those kinds of dreams kids or as an adult, Mm -hmm. I would just go to the Lord with that. And what we want to do is be like, I don't want to, I don't want to have that. I want to pretend that didn't happen. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I never want to think about it again, Yeah. but it's really wisdom to go, okay, this is spiritual information that I should not be having. If I'm walking with Jesus and in the counsel of the Holy spirit, I should not be having these often. So if I am, it's actually God's kindness showing me that something's out of order here Mm -hmm. and drawing me into that place to say, Hey, remember when you were this, this age and this happened, this Mm -hmm. door was opened. And then you get to pray with him to shut that door. And maybe it'll require forgiving some people and some stuff in that area, but it's a healing that will bring alignment again and put that wall of protection back up in that area where it was breached and you won't have those kinds of nightmares anymore. Same with fear, same with like if you were really into watching, you know, awful dark movies or lots of things can open a door. But if you're having nightmares, especially often, this is definitely something to ask God about and not to just pretend isn't happening because he wants to free you. He wants to shut that door. So even in that, there's this God has the upper hand. He's like, I'm letting the enemy overplay his hand because he's showing you exactly the influence he has on you in this place Mm -hmm. so that we can go and shut that door and he has no more say in this area of your life. Mm. And then I would always ask God, okay, the enemy was coming at me in this way. What do you say about that area of my life? And just get his word to cover you in that place. Does does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, it, it reminds me of two things. One quick story is actually last night I was telling you that my kids have had a couple of nightmares the last couple of weeks. And yesterday night, I just like wing it. I, I winged it. I don't ever like watch a show on Netflix that I'm in charge of. Like I never pick it <laughs> so <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. And I'll just watch whatever. But there has been one show that I've wanted to watch for a long time called manifest. And so I just like, like winged it, turned it on. And two of my boys 
were like, mom, can I watch it with you? And I was like, sure. I have no idea what it's about other than it's like a mystery. And we watched two episodes and at the very end, there's some interesting things in there. I actually mm. got a gut check right at the end where I was like, Oh, I don't know if this was a good episode or a good show to watch. And I was starting to have that conversation with Holy spirit of like, not a good idea, not for my 12 year old and not for yeah. my seer who's 14. And yeah. anyway, so I'm putting the 12 year old to bed and praying over his mind. I said, you know, your kingdom come in his dreams. And he Ooh. stops me. And at Sawyer, my son stops me and he's like, mom, I want to pray. And then he started praying over his dreams and was, <laughs> I was like, yes. Wow. <laughs> and he doesn't normally do that. Like he's, he rarely takes initiative. Usually it's just me speaking over him. And so it was just like clear confirmation of like, yes, yes. <laughs> so I told him, I said, Sawyer, this is an example of Holy Spirit telling me no. And as much as we want to continue to watch it, because it has that like hook at the end. Totally. Like, nope, it's just not okay. So anyway, wow. so one quick example of just that protection over your kids. But when I wanted to share this testimony, I, I rarely ever talk about this season of our life because it's so, so meaty. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is still unpacking mm. this time period. But so Riker, who is 14 now, he was about three and he refused to sleep at night unless I was reading the word outside of his door or wow. he was like right next to us. And this particular friend came in to our lives. She was totally a godsend. And she had this way of being able to talk to Riker in a way that was like, Hey buddy, I know like that was the first time we heard seer. She was mm -hmm. like, I know that you're seeing things. So let's talk about what you're seeing. And so he opened up with her and we're like all on a phone listening to her talk to him. And she's like, okay, you're going to go over to your closet. That's where he was seeing stuff. And you're going to say, this is Jesus's only. <laughs> and so then she had us put on the armor of God, everybody. So in that season, it was like every night we put on the armor of God, like my oldest. She's like, I remember every night we put on the armor, put on our helmet of salvation, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then we would stake the room. Like this room is only for Jesus. Wow. Anyway, So one morning I wake up and I'm doing like dishes in the kitchen and I see him walk downstairs and he just walks out the front door. And I was like, Mike, where are you going? <laughs> he was like, I'm going on a walk with Jesus. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I say no, because <laughs> we lived like in a city environment. So I was like, well, Jesus is going to have to walk right here. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, mom. I know. But then like we sat on the porch together and I just cute little thing like swinging his, I could still see his little legs kicking on the, oh. on the little porch chair, Adirondack chair. And I was like, so what, what's going on? And he was like, ah, Jesus was just hanging out in my closet. So he said, let's go for a walk. And I was like, okay. And at the same time, my friend who was walking us through that texted me that morning and said, I just want you to know, I see Jesus in the closet. And so it was just a huge moment of like, oh my word, <laughs> this is so real. This oh, is real. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is real. And this is how involved God wants to be in our lives. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. just talk about it in scripture. This is 
real. Mm-hmm. And he knows how sacred that night realm is too, mm-hmm. that there's extra sacredness and protection. I think that he is so ready to give, especially to kiddos, but to all of us in that yeah. space. I love that you guys did that. I had goosebumps the whole time you were talking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just a wild that I, I always joke about start or writing a book called you can't make this up. <laughs> and that's where it's going to start. <laughs> Listen, that- no joke. I could have a lot of books written with that same name. Like you cannot make this stuff up. God is so intentional. I know for real. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I loved what that you hit on the whole, like what you're dreaming about is an opportunity for you to ask him yeah. what's he bringing up for you. And it made me think about, I know I've done it. I've, I know I've heard friends talk about it when you dream about like your spouse cheating Mm. on you and what that is a common, I feel like that's a common theme. So what would you say that that's the metaphor for? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Also, I love that we're just going there because (laughs) we need to just go there. And I think so often people get really ashamed or afraid of the stuff that they dream. Mm -hmm. But when we bring it out in the open and we actually ask God, it's so much less scary than it is when we keep it in our mind. Mm -hmm. And on that note, if you're having a recurring dream of this type or any kind of dream, it's because God is getting your attention. Mm. So that's something to definitely pay attention to if you're having the same one again and again. I would have to sit with the dreamer and, and get more context on the dream for that one. But what I would say is first and foremost, we have soul dreams that are probably the most common dream that we have, which you, you touched on briefly. There are four sources of dreams. I'll just say this really briefly. Their body dreams, soul dreams, demonic dreams, and God dreams. And that means that the source could be any one of those things, but God is in all of those things. So the God dreams are really obvious and the soul dreams are probably pretty obvious and will be the majority of what we have when they feel really emotional or you feel like there's kind of, they're kind of a chaotic or roller coastery. And what that means is just that your soul is processing, but also your soul is giving you imagery and language for something that you haven't named yet that you're feeling and experiencing. Hmm. And if you're anything like me, you know, I'm, I'm always paying attention to my inner world. I have a very active inner world. And so I'm always looking to name what's happening. And sometimes those kind of abstract, non-verbal feeling things are really hard to name Mm -hmm. until you, until you do. And then you're like, that's it. And it's like, there's just this immediate like freedom and, and different perspective on it. But so often that's what dreams are doing with images. They're actually naming what's happening. Mm. So if that's the situation, my first instinct would say, I wonder if that's a fear mm. of the person having that dream and your heart's just showing this is something, this is a fear dream. This is what you're afraid of. God wants to talk to you about it. Mm. This is still there. It's under the surface. This isn't something to just be like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just go to him. And let's talk about why that's still an issue. It could also be metaphor. It could also be speaking to, you know, cheating or adultery. That could also mean like something spiritual, like there's a disconnect in the intimacy and maybe your spouse is spending way more time at work and you feel betrayed by that. Mm. And that is actually what is coming up in your soul. It isn't as literal as having a, having a physical affair, but Mm -hmm. maybe there's an affair with their work or time or something like that. And to not be afraid of it and to really be curious and ask God what he's saying and sit with your heart and be honest about what's coming up there. Yeah. I mean, of course, there are literal times 
we're having literal dreams. And it's never wise to just immediately be like, oh no, there's no way that's literal. Like, you know, we want to, we want to sit with it. We want to be wise. We want to know, hey, if, if you're showing me, God, that someone's someone's going to pass, like I should have a dream about them passing away, most likely it's it's metaphor. Mm -hmm. But if you're showing me that so that I can pray, it's important that I'm knowing that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if fear is our first instinct, you can know immediately that is not the Holy Spirit leading you, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does not lead in fear. If you are afraid to interpret a dream, that is not the leading of the Holy Spirit. You never have to be afraid of interpreting the dream. You might've felt fear in the dream or when you woke up, because maybe that's what your heart is processing. Mm. God is not going to, he doesn't, he doesn't operate in fear. It's not a currency that he even touches. It's not yeah. a part of his voice ever. Yeah. So even if he's showing us something literal, it's, he's always got a plan. He's always got his perspective. He's always got a, a way into his heart and, and wants you to intercede oftentimes if it is literal. Mm -hmm. But I would go through those three things first. Is it a soul dream? Is my heart telling me something? Is it metaphor? And then is it literal? Yeah, that's good. And I like that you clarified to like go before the Father or Holy Spirit and ask like, what are you showing me? Yeah. Versus like, I know in, a, in the past <laughs> when I've had that dream, I, it's like everything in me be like, ah, good morning. <laughs> you know, like so frustrated. Don't you know what you did in my dream last night? <laughs> and they're like, whoa, what happened? Because exactly. it really, really is like most of the time it's between you and God. Like, what does he so want to heal within our hearts? And I think that's so true. huge. Yeah. yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, listen, oh. if we had another hour, I, I know. just wax on. <laughs> so good. Okay. Oh, I feel like there's so many questions and yeah, I know we need to wrap it up, but I, let's, let's end here because we, we have gotten a lot of information. We are encouraged to process with the father, the Holy spirit, Jesus. What does that look like when you are implementing that or does it look like journaling? Does it look like, I mean, how do you walk through something that yep. you've dreamed about? Yep. That's great. I can get real practical and I'm going to do that right now. And for anybody else who wants more, I mean, really listening to the podcast is yeah. super helpful because God is always showing us new things. I do live interpretations as well. And we're learning more things while we're interpreting people's dreams live. And I have a lot more teaching in there, but even just being in that space while you're listening to it, there is an impartation of sorts that you get where you start stuff starts to unlock in your dreams. Mm -hmm. That just happens. So let me just say that first and foremost, yeah. but I'm going to give you these three very clear basic steps. I tell everybody, especially when you're first starting, but even when you're not, the most important things you can do is write the dream down. Yes. Record it, write it down. You got to start there. We always think in the middle of the night, we're going to remember it when we wake up and we don't. I mean, sometimes we do, but most of the time we don't. So if you need to put a piece of paper and a pen next to your bed, do it. If I've actually moved on to voice memos on the voice memo app, it's the easiest for me because I can actually step out of the room and record it right there. And I have all of my sleepy language. It's really funny to listen back to it. <laughs> 
but it's really true language. It's not like I'm trying to recall it later. So I, there's kind of no filter, which I love because mm-hmm. then you have it and you can look at it in a week or the next day, whenever you can. So recording it in some way is the first thing. But then when you actually go to sit with it, just note the date of when you had it, if that was a significant date and what was going on around that time. Mm-hmm. Then I give the dream a title and you don't have to stress about this. Just give it a quick title that would be like a movie title or if you were going to log it away, what would you call it if you wanted to call it to mind quickly? Put that on there mm-hmm. and then record the emotions that you experienced in the dream. Okay. Not when you woke up, but in the dream. And these things are going to guide you as you start to ask the Holy Spirit what's going on in your dream, because the emotions are are often going to speak about the source, or if it's a soul dream, it's going to speak to you about what you're experiencing probably in your waking life as well. So it's important that you're naming those Mm -hmm. and recognizing if they're positive or negative. If they're negative, it probably wasn't a God dream, but you still want to sit with it and ask him what he wants you to see. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, even if what you're seeing is negative, if it's a God dream, you'll have positive emotions. This just happened to me the other night. I woke up and I was like, oh gosh, Everything that I just saw in that dream is really disturbing. But in the dream, I was peaceful. Mm. So that was an indicator that it was a God dream. He wanted me to see that. Interesting. Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't demonic influence where it's all fear and dark. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't overly emotional. So my heart wasn't leading the way in that one, which none of those things are bad. I think we find God in all of them again. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting when we wake up and we think about it, we're like, no, that must have been bad because I feel bad about it now. But in the dream, I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. So you need to heed that. Okay, God is showing me something here, even if that feels hard hard to palate. And usually it's metaphorical anyway, so don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> don't freak out yet. But the the name, the title of the dream too will often just kind of speak to the core of, of what's going on there mm-hmm. without us even thinking about it. Yeah. So, I start with that and then I just sit with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, show me what you want me to see. Mm. Show me the main parts of the dream. And usually your heart knows that right away. Obviously dream dictionaries and those kinds of things are really helpful to start learning metaphorical language, but you have to be real discerning about which ones you buy and obviously all the biblically based ones. So I would even say, don't you don't need to rush out and buy one. Start with scripture. If you're seeing a symbol and you're like, I don't know what the heck that means. Like I actually had one last night or two nights ago where I was holding hands with someone and intuitively I knew like, oh, I think there's some sort of agreement or there's some sort of relationship that's forming here. We're coming into more, more agreement somehow, Mm -hmm. but my, I, I didn't know what the symbol meant. So I just looked up holding hands in scripture and I'm still in that process of like looking which scriptures come up until something resonates with my heart. So that's what I would do is give it those elements. So it has a little bit of structure and then sit with the Holy spirit. And as he speaks to you, ask him for scriptures that would show symbolically what things could mean. And then from there, like I said, you can get dream dictionaries, just keep journaling. Journaling, like you mentioned, is a great way. Mm-hmm. After I record it, I definitely journal through it when I'm processing, just ask questions. And oftentimes I won't have the interpretation right away. It takes time. Yeah. And not every dream is to be interpreted right away. So there's a whole learning curve, but the most important thing is to just don't, don't stress yourself out. Don't yeah. be religious about it. Just be open and childlike and yeah. trust the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. Yes. I, I literally was just thinking childlike wonder, yes. curiosity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be playful exactly. about it. Exactly. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. 
one last question yep. and maybe you could do this in tandem. I would love for you to impart a prayer to our audience. Uh, but I have a feeling that somebody is listening and they're like, well, Kristen, Margo, I don't dream. Mm. How do I dream? How do I, I want to dream, but yeah. I, I don't ever dream. Yeah. Well, you're going to start dreaming after this impartation. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Truly. I pretty much guarantee it. It's yeah. just something that God has put on my life. I have talked to people that are not even believers in passing about the fact that I do dream interpretation. And the next time I see them, they're like, I started dreaming. I'm like, I'm not even trying to. So first of all, if you're listening to this, this is a divine setup. Mm -hmm. That is so intentional. Don't think that this is an accident that you're listening to this right now. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I actually feel that someone needs to hear that yeah. you are here on purpose. And I would say if you're not dreaming at all, there are a couple reasons why, because I think we're all meant to dream. You're probably dreaming and just not remembering them, which is totally okay. That happens in seasons. Don't stress yourself out. But if you are overly stressed or you're not actually taking your, your nighttime seriously, you're not getting enough sleep or you're just kind of in stress mode, sometimes that will all just be kind of blacked out. So I would pay a little more attention to your rhythms mm. before you go to sleep. Actually, again, making this space sacred just having the screens off right before you go to bed, putting calming music on, maybe even journaling a little bit before you get, go to bed, praying before you go to bed, saying, God, I'm expectant that you're going to speak to me in my dreams tonight. It is his delight to speak to you mm. through your dreams. It is not something he's like, oh, I only want to do this with special people. No, no. Mm -mm. This is his way to communicate with all of us. And he's doing this with people who don't even know him yet. Yeah. I have so many testimonies about that. So you are not left out. God wants to communicate with you through this. And so just continue to be expectant and, and pray with that kind of expectancy. Mm -hmm. I would also say, I feel like I need to just touch on this briefly. If you used to dream and don't anymore, I would ask God if there, ooh, yeah, feel this. I would ask God if there's, if there's a reason you shut that down. And and most likely it was because something really scary happened at some point in your life with dreams. And I don't blame you for one second if you shut that thing down, because I remember this gifting feeling really overwhelming at one point in my life. And I, and I did shut it down. I stopped to take it seriously. But if this is something that you used to have and you don't now, I would really go to him and just say, why did I shut this down? Will you reinstate this in a healthy way? I'm not going to guard myself anymore by denying access to this place in my life. We love to try and guard ourselves, right? And it works for a period of time and there's no condemnation, Yeah. but, but God is the one that's like, let me guard your heart. Let me be the one to, to be the guard of peace. Let me be the one to stand there and be at your right hand. So I would say in that case to really seek him on, did I shut something down and how do we reactivate that? Mm, so good. Yeah, he oh. is so good. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yes. Are you ready for the prayer? Do you want oh, to? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm Hands ready. Open. Hands open. Ready to go. <laughs> yes. You know, I really, I really feel this too. Just, I'm so glad you asked that last question. I really have this feeling in my spirit that there are quite a few listeners who are really dreamers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they're all people dream, right? We're all dreamers but I think there's some in particular that have had this shut down mm -hmm. or maybe have been in environments 
where there isn't permission to pay attention to this. If you've grown up at all in in a really religious environment or where the religious spirit is really at play, which I did, there wasn't any permission to value this. It was more like you are going to be deceived if you try and step in to interpret God's voice in your dreams. There was a fear put around it and a self-doubt put around it. And I really just want to say that that is a really old way of thinking. And in the same way of guarding, God is, God wants to guard you in that area now because he is hungry to speak to you. He is turning the tables on a religious experience and he's revealing himself as this totally free, all sufficient, able romantic pursuer, which is who he is. He is the good shepherd. He is so able to lead us and make us lie down in green pastures where we don't fear even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Like this is who he is. And he's turning the tables on that religious spirit. He's exposing it. And I think even in our conversation today, he's exposing it because he wants those territories of our heart and our gifting back. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I just felt while we were praying Kristen and I prayed for you guys before the podcast, and I really felt that God brought me Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. And so I'm just going to pray that over you. And that's the scripture that talks about the eyes of your heart Hmm. being enlightened. So Father, I thank you for the honor of having authority in this space for bringing me into this into this podcast and into this beautiful group, this this community that is hungry and going after you and going after wholeness and going after heart health. And I know that you have ordained each one of them to be here and each listener who's listening, it's because you drew them with your spirit and mm-hmm. each of them know you and each of them know your voice. Father, I pray right now that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened so that they may know your voice and that they may know the hope to which you have called them, that they would know the riches of the glorious inheritance that is in his holy people, that is inside of them, the glorious inheritance that comes from your spirit, and that they would know the incomparably great power for those of us who believe that their eyes, the eyes of their heart would see, that the blinders would come off, that the fear would fade away, that those who felt like they didn't have permission would open their eyes again, that those areas of each heart that maybe has been guarded or blocked off or felt maybe even exiled to a degree, I just bless every heart that's felt exiled in this place of dreaming or seeing or hearing God's voice. And I want you to know that you are so important that this part of your heart, that this capacity of your mind is designed by God and is meant to be a part of the whole. And so I just bless you to come back into the fold today, to come back into the family, to be a sheep again, to let the Holy Spirit and Jesus be your shepherd once more. Mm. That you don't have to fear, that you have permission to hear his voice in this way, to take yourself seriously, to believe what you're sensing and you're seeing. And you have permission to, to jump in the deep end and learn even more about this beautiful and mysterious language. 
And God, I release an impartation over their dreams that those who are dreaming would have just an acceleration of the amount on the amount of dreams that they have and on their journey of interpretation. And those who aren't dreaming, I thank you, Lord, that even tonight they will have a dream. Even if they just remember a little, a little piece of it, I thank you, God, that you are opening this up, that it is your delight to do this, to give this gift to your kids, to speak to your children. Yeah. And I cover every night season with the powerful blood of Jesus. We thank you for the angelic assignment that you have for each person to be there to protect and be a part of this journey of, of recording their dreams and learning your voice. Thank you for how seriously you take this and for how sacred it is to you, your individual intimacy with, with each of them. So I bless them all to be dreamers, prolific dreamers with interpretation and, and growing in intimacy with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And sorry, that was kind of long. I can pray. <laughs> I love it. Just was just soaking it in. Good, <laughs> so, good. Oh, yes. Such a pleasure. Amen. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, Margot, for being a vessel. And the one thing that I kept thinking was it truly is like daily bread. Like mm. this is mm. daily bread. <laughs> that there's that possibility so so good that's so right yes yeah. yeah so again thank you and you guys go binge her podcast because <laughs> I, I just soak it up so i, I do know. recommend starting at the beginning yes if so absolutely. just so there's yeah a foundation built but yes i, I agree yeah because you do a, a great job of setting the foundation and then going sure. into the dream inter interpretation so Thank you. Yeah. Thank right. you. I love you. And I love all of you listening. I hope I get to meet some of you or hear from some of you at some point. I can just feel you in my heart. Yes. Thanks for letting me speak into this. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>